Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Another loss last night for the Wild Gym and injuries keep piling up for them. They're right at 500 now with 36 points in 36 games, but man, it's going to be hard for them to to make a move with Kaprizov on the IR today, Gustafson on the IR. They've really been hit by injuries. They have, and Foligno got hurt again uh, as well. They're missing Brodeen, they're missing Zuccarello. Uh, they're missing a lot of people with even Levin and Terry's out now. Yeah, um, you know, I'm talking, funny because I'm kind of writing about this in the con of injuries in the context of the Viking season for this weekend. And yeah. been looking at the listen, and it's just so easy to just say automatically, okay, it's the coach's fault, it's the culture, it's whatever. Man, there are only so many teams that have the depth to really withstand a great number of injuries and injuries to their best players. The Wild are not one of those teams. The Vikings have proven they're not one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, some teams need their stars. The, I think this Wild team, uh, in part because of you know, not great drafting, in part because they haven't really bottomed out to the point where they get those highest draft picks where you get a star, in part because of the Parisian suitor contracts, they need their best players to be healthy and productive. Uh, and we've seen the best players both be unhealthy and at times not all that productive. So they had a nice bounce uh, when, they, when they brought you know, Heinz in, but they're going to need Kaprizov. It's just that simple. Yeah. Uh, I would say they need him more than they need Gustafson, but, of course, Gustafson is their number one goalie. There's a reason for that. Kaprizov is excellent when he's on his game. Everybody else is kind of at best a B-plus player on this roster. Mm-hmm. They're not stars. Um, and the next level down, you're talking about C minus and D, D players. It's just there's just not that much depth on this roster. Yeah, so it is a rebuild kind of that's required if they have uh, you know aspirations that I'm sure they do of advancing in the playoffs, not just getting in, which has kind of been uh, their their mo over the last decade has been make the playoffs and then get beaten. I think they've won one playoff series. Uh, during that time, um, but you know it's hard to do that when you you when you have injuries and and the salary cap constraints that they do have. When could we see uh, the Wild really start to you know be able to make some moves and kind of remake this roster a little bit? Probably two years away. Uh, given the I haven't looked up the suit and Parisi stuff lately, so yeah. I'm talking off the top of my head. But I think they're still a couple of years away from really being free of that and being able to spend whatever they want to spend. Uh, and there probably might be another draft or two away from having, you know, organizational depth that will really put them over the top. Right now, you know, they have a lot of nice role players. Mm-hmm. They need Kaprizov to carry them. Uh, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. And I, I really thought their playoff loss last year turned when Shooter cross-checked him. And he was never the same guy after that. Um, and, you know, when you're depending on one guy and that guy isn't able to go to the front of the net and, and survive, you're not going to have much success. Teams have been taking runs at Kaprizov. We've already had multiple fights of guys stepping in to, to try and straighten things out uh, because guys are, you know, they're cross-checking Kaprizov. They're, they're being very physical with him, and now he's on the IR in part because of it. And I hate that about mm-hmm. the NHL. You have officials who are paid pretty good money and are put in charge of games, and yet we have this unwritten rule in the NHL that, hey, you can go ahead and take shots at the uh, star and just to withstand whatever fights the, the other team wants to get in to defend their star. What a stupid way of, of yeah. managing a sport. Yeah. Um, the officials should be preventing the cross-checks. There should be severe penalties for trying to injure the stars of the game. 
but it's just such a Neanderthal sport. They, they like fights. They like people beating up each other. They like getting the ticket buyers all fired up because there's blood on the ice. Uh, but, you know, if you're trying to build your, your uh, league, if you're trying to attract the casual viewer, you need to realize what the NFL realized, which is it's, a, it's not a good product when the best players aren't healthy and on the field. In the NFL, that meant trying to keep your quarterbacks healthy. Um, and not that it always works, but at least they are trying to officiate the game in the way that keeps uh, quarterbacks healthy. The NHL is still letting idiot you know, third-string players run around and take their stars out. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Hopefully they can get that fixed, but it's been, what, 90 years of the NHL. It hasn't happened yet, but uh, we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, so the Vikings injury front, like you said, you're working on a column that's kind of comparing, contrasting the Wild and Vikings injury uh, situations, and the Vikings is pretty desperate. No announcement on the QB yet. Will that happen today, maybe, sometime? You and I are talking here about 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I just got out of the Vikings' open locker room. Justin Jefferson was the only person who really talked in there. He, of course, he didn't have much news to share. Um, I think Kevin O'Connell is pr- most likely to announce it within an hour, so that'll be after we're done talking before this airs. I'm guessing it's Mullins. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, you know, Dobbs, when he fell apart, he really fell apart. Hall proved he wasn't ready for this. The thing about Mullins is, I hated the turnovers. I hated him throwing the ball up for grabs. I hated his play in clutch situations. But the offense did work mm-hmm. when he was there. I mean, they did gain yardage. They did move the ball. They just had too many turnovers. Mm-hmm. So I think the easy thing for O'Connell is to go back and say, okay, we're going to try Mullins. We're just going to try to tame, you know, tame the uh, interceptions a little bit. Yeah. The Lions are in a situation where they can actually get the two seed, but they'd have to have some help uh, to get there. Do you think the Lions might be in a situation where they're going to be Resting starters some this weekend? I think they will try to play to win the game. Okay. Uh, I think that's the way they're built. I think they're disgusted by the way the Cowboys game went. I think they want to go into the playoffs on a winning note. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they take great pride in having this be the best Lions team in a very long time. Now, maybe if they get a lead, maybe they pull the starters. Maybe if they get way behind, they pull the starters. But I think they're going to try to win the game. Yeah, and, and uh, like, like I said, they could still get the number two. They just have to have some help. I think Dallas has to lose and maybe Philadelphia as well to get into that spot. So it's it's a bit of a long shot. Not as long shot as the Vikings is, uh, of course. That, I mean, it could still happen for the Vikings, but, but they need a lot of help. Uh, where do you see the Vikings uh, quarterback situation? I know it's uh, it, we could talk about this all the time, but in the offseason, compared with the rest of the division, are the Bears set? Let's start with there with Justin Fields. Are they going to stick with him? Well, the Bears might have the most interesting decision to make in the NFL. Uh, they have Justin Fields playing well, uh, tremendous athlete, throws the ball beautifully, uh, and hasn't had a lot of help. So they can either keep Justin Fields and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and other talent with the picks they have at the top of the draft. Uh, or they could trade Justin Fields, probably get a one a first round pick out of that, and use the number one pick to take Caleb Williams. Uh, evaluators in the NFL are saying that Caleb Williams is one of those guys you can't pass up. Mm. Uh, the, the consensus in, among NFL official, uh, among NFL evaluators is Caleb. You have to spend the first pick on Caleb Williams, or you're missing a generational quarterback. Mm. I'm not sold on Williams. So I would be tempted to keep Fields, add Marvin Harrison Jr. and some defensive help, and see what that looks like. Uh, I think if you're in Ryan, I don't know, but I, I don't think Ryan Poles is the kind of guy who cares what other people think. Right. Uh, he's made some odd moves. Some of them will work, some of them haven't. 
Um, I don't have a feel for what they're going to do, but they have they have the most dramatic decision to make. Yeah, trading away their defensive captain, Roquan Smith, and then acquiring a defensive end uh, uh, not that much longer. After, except I think he got Roquan last year, and, and this year was the defensive end sweat. But, yeah, he's done some interesting things. So, uh, yeah, uh, interesting on the Bears. Uh, the Lions, they're set probably, I would think, uh, with their QB for the future. I would think that they aren't going to get rid of Jordan, uh, get rid of Goff after he's done what he's done for them this year. Uh, he played well for them last year. He's helped them get over the hump this year. I don't see them blowing that up. I see Dan yeah. Campbell saying, okay, we'll, we'll try to improve our defense at this point. Are the Packers set, too? I think they like Jordan Love. Uh, I think he's too young and talented for them to give up and pretend that somebody has taken the first round you know, it, it pick whatever 14 or wherever they might be is going to necessarily be better than Jordan Love or is going to be better right away than Jordan Love. I think they're going to stick with him. And I'm seeing a lot of positive momentum and the guys that I read and Lavelle Neal being one of those two about the, the voters for the Baseball Hall of Fame of which you once were one. I'm seeing a lot of momentum from Maurer. It's I feel like there's actually a chance he could go in the first year. I think he's going to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll be first year. I just think when you look at just the historic nature of his early career achievements, mm-hmm. he was one of the greatest catchers who ever lived. He was a he was the first. I mean, you think about MVP. Not many catchers are MVPs. Uh, first American League catcher to win a batting title, and he did it three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silver Slugger Award winner many times. Gold Glove Award winner. Tremendous arm. Uh, middle of the order on a bunch of good teams. Uh, I just. You know, to not vote for Mauer, what you have to do is say he didn't reach enough offensive milestones once he started dealing with injuries. But now we're seeing players who were great and didn't necessarily have longevity start to get in, like Tony Oliva. Uh, I just don't know that there's a really strong argument against him at this point. Yeah. Uh, Ballots announced later this month, and then we'll find out uh, whether he's in or not. Uh, Torrey Hunter, what, fourth year for him? Uh, he continues to gain a little steam, but probably is going to fall short uh, by the end of his 10 years. Torrey Hunter was one of my favorite athletes to cover in my entire career, and I couldn't vote for him. Yeah. Uh, if I, it just isn't, just the numbers are just not there. He's a wonderful, wonderful player, wonderful defender. Uh, the offensive numbers are just, they just don't have enough weight. You have to rake as an outfielder to get into the Hall yep. of Fame. Yep. Yes. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5, Sports at Todd and Suhan. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.